Hello, this is Emmanuel Obonaya. In our last conversation on this subject of the Book of Life, we read the words of Jesus in Revelations chapter 3 and verse 5, where he was speaking to the church in Sardis. Jesus tells us there that for all those who overcome, he will not blot out their names from the Book of Life. That led us into looking at what it means to overcome. And we started explaining what it means to overcome as a child of God from 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. Today, we're starting off still talking about what it means to overcome, but we will be allowing the context of Revelations chapter 3 and verse 5 tell us what it means to overcome. Again, this is important for us to establish because those who overcome are the ones that the Lord Jesus says that their names will not be blotted out of the book of life. Remember that here our Lord Jesus is speaking to a church. So as members of the body of Christ, as members of his church, you and I need to pay attention to what he's saying. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, This thing says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, there are so many things that we can talk about and focus on in Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, but I'm just going to touch on a few that relate to our subject of discussion. Notice that from verse 2, we see here that as believers, God cares about the things we do. He said to the church, I know your works. So our works are important to God. Our actions, our work speaks about our actions, the things we do. Our actions matter to God. And since they matter to God, it's only wise for them to matter to us as well. You see, in verse 3, the Lord goes on to tell the believers in this church, to remember the message of the gospel that was preached to them. And then he calls them to repentance. He says to them, repent. He's asking them to recall the message they received because some among them had slid back to the state they were in before they met Christ. So he says to them, remember the message you heard. Remember the message you received. Hold fast to it and repent. Now, the words of Jesus clearly show that these believers he was asking to repent were in a dangerous place. They had found themselves in a dangerous place. So when believers find themselves in that position where they have gone back to the kind of life they used to live before they met Christ, this is the message that the Lord brings to them. He says, remember the message you heard. Hold fast to it and repent. In other words, have a change of mind again. Let the message you heard then produce in you again the same kind of results it produced in you when you first heard it. That's why he's telling them to remember the message that they heard and received. 
in verse 4, Jesus says that some in this church in Sardis have been consistent and have maintained the cause. So although he's speaking to a majority of them, he still tells them, few among you have not defiled their garments. In other words, there are still some among you who have been consistent, who have maintained the cause. So Jesus commends those ones. And in his commendation to them, he says to them that they've not defiled their garments. The word defile here means to stain. It means to pollute. It means to soil. So Jesus is saying that they have not soiled, they've not polluted, they've not stained their garments. And then he says, because of the way that these have kept their garments away from defilement, Jesus then says to them that they will walk with him in white. Then he adds a statement. He says, because they are worthy. This is the Lord himself speaking. It's not the believers who are saying we are worthy. The Lord himself is saying, because they are worthy. In the King James Version, it says, because they are worthy. The New King James says, for they are worthy. So Jesus is saying, these ones who have not defiled their garments, they will walk with me in white because I find them worthy. Again, he's not saying that everyone is going to walk with him in white. He narrows down this promise to those who have not defiled their garments. And then to the others who he's not speaking to when he makes this promise, obviously those ones have had their garments defiled. He tells them, repent and come back into this clique so that you can all walk with me in white. Next, the Lord Jesus says that the one who overcomes is the same person who he will clothe in white garments and whose name will not be blotted out of the book of life. Look at that in verse 5. He says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. Who is this person who overcomes? In verse 4, he just told us, you have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. Then in the next verse, he says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I'll confess his name before my father and before his angels. Now, this is very clear. Just connect everything the Lord is saying and we'll take them one after the other. I mean, we should all be able to see this clearly. So the person who he's going to confess his name before his father and before the angels is the one whose name will not be blotted out of the book of life. And that person whose name will not be blotted out of the book of life is the person who he will clothe in white garment. And this person who he will clothe in white garment is the believer who hasn't defiled his garment or the believer who repents and joins the others whose garments are not defiled. These are the ones that he is speaking to. This discussion on the book of life has brought us to this point where we have to deal with a very important question. And this question is a question that pops up all the time is a question that many people would rather not answer. It's a question that some people don't want to discuss. It's a question that some people answer but do not give an explanation to. But we've got to talk about it. And that question is this. Is it possible for somebody who once believed in Jesus to end up lost at the end of the day? Now, what I'm about to teach here will not be liked by many people. And that's very fine. You know, in a night vision, a little over two decades ago, God appeared to me and he spoke these words to me. He said, you will teach my word. So I know the person who has called me and sent me to do what I'm doing. It's to him that I owe my allegiance. <laughs> and I am not confused about that at all. I don't teach and preach so that I can fit in with any group of persons. I don't teach and preach so that I can align with certain people. I just teach God's word. 
So is it possible for someone who once professed faith in Jesus to end up eternally lost in hell? Now, I'm going to answer. If most of those believers in the church in Sardis had nothing to worry about in the state that they were in, then the warnings that Jesus gave them were of no use. If all their names would stay intact in the book of life, then Jesus was not really serious when he inferred that those among them who do not overcome will have their names blotted out of the book of life. So to answer the question, is it possible for someone who once professed faith in Jesus to end up eternally lost in hell? My straightforward answer is yes. Please listen closely. Those who believe in Jesus at his coming will be saved. Now, as simple as this might sound, we need to understand from the standpoint of the scriptures what it means to believe in Jesus. That you are a member of a church doesn't mean that you believe in Jesus. Now, because believing happens where we cannot see it with our eyes, there is more to believing in Jesus than meets the eye. Again and again, we see that there's an emphasis in the scriptures on continuing to the end. Time will fail us to begin to cite those instances one after the other here. But the Bible gives us very, very good reasons to understand that not all who started out believing and trusting in Jesus will still be doing so when he comes. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 24, verse 12 to 13. I'm reading out of the King James Version. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So we see that not all who started out loving God and loving people will still be in this love walk when Jesus returns. We see here in Matthew chapter 24 that the love of many will die out like a flame that goes out. That's what it means for love to wax cold. The Lord is saying that the fire in the love walk of many will be gone. Now, what will be the reason for this? Jesus says that it's because iniquity will abound. That is, it will be caused by the increase and multiplication of sin. Abound there means to increase and multiply. So he says because sin will increase and multiply, the love of many will grow cold. So as sin grows, love dies. Listen, child of God, you can't invest in sin and invest in agape at the same time. The word for love there is agape. We call it the God kind of love. You can't grow in sin and grow in agape at the same time. 